Welcome to What's Cooking Palm Beach with Chef David Pantone, Dean of the Lincoln Culinary Institute in West Palm Beach, also known as the Food Dude. Chef Pantone has been serving up amazing meals and desserts at some of the finest hotels and restaurants in New York City, Miami, and Palm Beach for most of his life. Now let's head into the kitchen with What's Cooking Palm Beach, sponsored by Lincoln Culinary Institute, a division of Lincoln College of Technology. Welcome to What's Cooking Palm Beach here on News Radio 1290 WJNO. And uh, I appreciate you being here, and I do appreciate Chef David Pantone being here as well, Dean of Students there at Lincoln Culinary Institute. Welcome to the kitchen. We do have another chef in the kitchen, as usual, and we'll uh, introduce him in a little bit. But before we get started with the show, uh, Chef, I want you to tell any of our new listeners what this show is all about. That's simple. This show is all about food, glorious food, right? Everything I live for. Cooking, eating, healthy eating, food in the news, food events in the community, food trivia, superfoods, lessons, tips, techniques, food education, all things that are fun with food. The idea is that you learn one thing every time you listen to the show because that's what I love to do is share. And uh, it's all good. All right. Yep. Food is everything, right? It's my art. It's science. It's culture. It's entertainment. It's my passion. If uh, you want to find out anything about this show or anything about Lincoln Culinary Institute, anything about, uh, well, Chef Pantone, his favorite color, everything else, it's right there at, uh, well, maybe not, but ChefPantone.com. My favorite color is, too, <laughs> golden brown and shiny stainless. There you go. And if you want to email him and ask him his favorite color, uh, once again, if you forgot, uh, what's cooking at uh, ChefPantone.com. Chef, tell us what's cool. on today's menu. Oh, very nice. We have a really jam-packed menu today, the Emus bouche right, the very first little hors d'oeuvre course. We're going to meet my friend, Chef Aaron Black. He's the executive chef at PB Catch, and he's a graduate of Florida Culinary Institute, now Lincoln Culinary Institute, so part of the family. For the appetizer, we'll spin the big wheel of superfoods and see what it comes up with. Then for the main course of the day, I stole a quote from Shakespeare, the world is mine oyster. So we're going to talk all about oysters, and Chef Black happens to be an expert on that. We've got a side dish. I hope we have time for a tale from the chef's table it's called a road trip to Muscle Beach. Um, and then you got dessert coming. Sure. I had a question. Well, I have an intermezzo, a oh, question right. from a listener about okay. truffle oil. And she's asking the difference between regular truffle oil and, um, and natural truffle oil. What's the diff? Then for dessert, we've got some news from the community, news from Lincoln Culinary, news from our Taste of the Nation results from our big party last week. All, All good right. stuff. All right, cool, cool, cool. All right, let's uh, let's introduce uh, your amuse bouche, as you call it, uh, <laughs> portion of the show. Let's uh, introduce uh, Chef Black, Chef Aaron Black, Executive Chef at PB Catch Palm Beach. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Good morning. And you brought some uh, food with you, so we always like that. Even even if I'm not a big seafood fan, I'm, I'm sure Chef Pantone already told you, right? He did. Uh, something about that. Yeah. You know me that well already. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He, he, well, that means more one. more oysters for me, right? That's kind of how it works. You dividend There's three of us. One won't eat any, so I get half, you get half. We're good. I know a lot of people that uh, have been to, to PB Catch and love that place. Amazing, there oh, on thanks. Palm Beach. So really? um, we're gonna we're gonna talk a little more uh, about you. Uh, we want to get to know you. Do you want to go ahead and move on to the appetizer before we do all of that? Would you like to do that first? Yeah, super we'll do food? the yeah the superfood. So uh, now now you see the big uh, <laughs> the big uh, wheel here, right? It's a wheel of superfoods. We're gonna have you uh, have you go ahead and, and spin that in a second. Okay, impressive. Uh, Aaron, all right. Um, so let's get to it. Tell us, first of all, uh, Chef Pantone, what are superfoods? Fantastic. Superfoods, big buzzword in the industry right now. I'm seeing it all over the place. I heard the word on a commercial just this week and one last week, too. So I think people are listening to the show and picking up on it. How about that for ego? Yeah. Very good. So here's the superfood. Basically, foods that are calorie for calorie, ounce for ounce, nutrient-dense, Right. Lots of vitamins, minerals, phytonutrients, uh, uh, amino acids that make complete proteins, lots of fiber, anything that's really, really good for you, as opposed to, well, even foods that are poor for you could be on the list. They would be like way on the bottom, a slice of white bread. Maybe I'll give you a one on that list where we try to raise a little higher. I want to introduce you to foods that are a little higher on the nutrient-dense list. So the three filters, first, they have to be nutrient-dense. Second and third, they need to be available and affordable, right? I wanted to, everything that hits the Chef Pantone 
Superfood list you can get at your local grocery store. I don't want to send you out shopping all around the world in gourmet markets and everything, things that are so expensive I can't find them. I want to put on my list and introduce you to foods that are local, available, and nutrient-dense. All right. So let's go ahead. Aaron, you uh, ready to uh, spin the wheel of superfoods and find out what we're spotlighting this week? All right. Here we go. Don't hurt yourself. you got work tonight, right? That's right. Very good. Spinning, spinning, spinning. Blueberries. Love it. I'm thinking you can eat blueberries. I actually do. Well, I can eat anything I like or don't like. But, yeah, no, blueberry. I like blueberries. Now, um, I see the number on here, 132. That seems awful low. Yeah, it's low compared to our watercress. That's 1,000. Our kale and our turnip greens and collard greens, there is a row in the 990s and thousands. But for a beautiful, sweet fruit, something that everybody can pop in and eat, uh, 132 is a pretty darn good uh, number. Uh, why? Well, f- blueberries are the second most popular fruit eaten in the United States, only behind anybody? Strawberries. Strawberries. Everybody loves strawberries. Blueberries, number two. That's very cool. That means there's a lot of them, right? If you're checking, I do like strawberries as well. Excellent. That right. could come up. That came up on the list um, <laughs> show number two or something I'm quite sure some I time ago. Tons of them, yeah. Maybe it'll show up every other week if that'll make you happy. But sure. Uh, it depends who's spinning the wheel. <laughs> blueberries are. Um, really, really high in antioxidants, one of the highest of all of the fruits on my list, right? There's 20 other berries that if you go hunting in the Amazon rainforest, you'll find these miracle berries of all different kinds, but they're not available at your local grocery store, so they're not going to be on our list. But blueberries are one of the very highest fruits, vegetables, spices, seasonings, anything that are high in antioxidants. Right, the antioxidants are what are going to combat the free radicals in your system. They're going to help to fight cancer. The free radicals destroy your cell structures, your DNA. Right, not the doctor show, but darn it, if you're going to eat it, might as well eat something that's good for you. I knew a guy that uh, did a lot of jogging. He was very, very health conscious, and he told me and this was a while ago, but he told me that, and, and I think uh, I'm paraphrasing, but basically there is nothing healthier for you as far as the fruit as a blueberry. And I guess with the 132, that's not true. Uh, that's really, a, a, well, like I said, there's some people that will say these little berries from the Amazon and from Africa, all these things are better for you. And they can be. He would eat, he, he carried right, around. Blueberries, you can get at the grocery store. Yeah, and he would carry around the, the uh, bag of dry blueberries. I think we actually uh, have I've got some, some dry blueberries right yeah. here. Um, they kind of look like raisins, but I know they're, they're hard and, and crisp. But uh, he would carry those around. And I know you could find those at the grocery store and Costco when I've been there. They have the big giant bag of them. Yeah. So, uh, so, but they are they are really they are really good for you. They get the vitamin K. You were saying thirty two percent of your day, uh, daily dietary requirement for vitamin K. Manganese twenty five percent. Vitamin C nineteen percent. Lots of good fiber. And if you're a calorie counter uh, and you look at eighty four calories for a cup, you look at how many blueberries, fresh blueberries, you could fit in. I one, like the way you cup. think. think yeah, about that. there's a lot more. You could fit a lot more blueberries in a cup than you could French fries. Sure, and exactly. Look, that's good because then you can eat like <laughs> ten cups of blueberries and well, get the same calories. I mean, you could do that. Ounce with for no ounce. fat. With no fat, what? like the fries. Sure. Yeah, yeah, just like that. Or you eat half the fries. Get the a small order and eat some blueberries. Balance life out a little okay. bit. That's all, all good. Right. All right. Right? Good stuff for you. So like we talk about the greens, you know, if it's green, it's going to be pretty wonderful for you. If it's purple, if it's blue like this, if, even, if, even if they have a tinge of red to it, that color uh, is the indicator to us also that they're very high in antioxidants. Okay? And we know from a few shows ago that the organic ones have a better and a higher quality antioxidant and a uh, uh, more um, uh, quantity of antioxidants, too, than the, than the ones that have pesticides on them in the conventional farming. So you can't go wrong with blueberries. And I hope that this doesn't scare anybody away that they're so good for you because they're number two in consumption already in the United States. What, what's really it. cool is something that could taste so good. And every once in a while, you'll get a sour blueberry. It could but, happen. Uh, but but uh, you know, for the most part, they're very sweet. And for something to be so sweet and so good for you, that's just cool. I'm glad you appreciate that. I'm gonna actually going to eat one right now. Have a blueberry. Joel, Probably the only thing I'm going to eat Joel today. Joel is here. about to <laughs> eat a blueberry. He gets one bell for blueberry that's a, consumption. That's a fresh one. Now let's have a couple of these uh, dried blueberries. Here. So the dried ones actually just never like, had them like this. Just like raisins, the only thing that's missing is water. Mm. All the flavor is concentrated. I have a feeling, though, tasting that. 
that the sugar content goes up when they dry them because it's a lot well, sweeter. Sure, ounce for ounce, it's exactly the same. There's no sugar added to it, but this one has less water. You know, right. the dried so you one has the less water. Right, take the water out, it's got the more, yeah. So percentage-wise, it has more sugar. Yep, but it's wow. still the same as eating one blueberry. Amazing how that works. You I, I mix actually, them in a muffin, and uh, well, there it's not health food, but what the heck. Now, but, um, My wife I, makes an amazing 100% whole wheat blueberry muffin that's just crazy really good i've been uh, i've become kind of bored of it lately which is bad i need to get back on this but i would buy the blueberries uh again i go to costco because you know my daughter loves my two-year-old loves the blueberries and puts them in a bowl good. and she'll sit there and eat those and that's obviously better for her than candy which she also loves. tell her these are skittles okay? no she loves them she eats them like that she <laughs> loves blueberries purple skittles honey. Uh, she loves strawberries too but she'll sit and eat the blueberries but <laughs> i would bring so i would i would have some for me and for her and I would put some in a, in a sandwich bag, and I would bring in, you know, like a handful of them, and I'd put them in some oatmeal or, you know, or, or whatever else I'm eating. So there's a lot of different things that you could do with the blueberries. That's what's good about them. Tons and tons. And not all sweets, too. Uh, but we have a couple recipes on the website. I've got a blueberry peach crisp, right? The best of two worlds. Blueberry and peaches are a natural combination with a nice almond oatmeal topping. Some lemon blueberry cheesecake bars. Oh, yeah. So I was actually very hungry when I... Wrote these, some of these recipes and put them up it there. It looks like it. Right? Blueberry pizza? This is weird. Yeah, I was uh, inspired by something I saw on the internet. And, and this uh, is not a dessert. No, 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 but it's just a little blast, right, of uh, blueberry in your mouth. And had some uh, gorgonzola cheese, mozzarella cheese, some pancetta, which is like Italian bacon. And then uh, a little pop of this. So when it's all hot and you pop it in your mouth, you'll have the smokiness from the pancetta. You'll have the, uh, the blue cheese flavor, which is really... Uh, quite intense, and uh, a little blueberry sweetness will pop in your mouth. Now, uh, Aaron, you may not know this. Uh, Chef Pantone here um, has something. I, I, don't, I think we can pen it, uh, my yuck face. He always, <laughs> he always warns the guests about the yuck face, and I'm about to give that over these next two um, uh, recipes. Um, blueberry ketchup and pickled blueberries and onions. Ugh. He didn't say gross, though. I said he was going to say gross. He didn't say gross. Ready? Right, right. Yeah. So someday we'll have a show about ketchup because ketchup is a condiment for uh, over a thousand years, and for the first first uh, I don't know nine hundred years, it had nothing to do with Mr. Hines and had nothing to do with tomatoes or a very tiny bit to do with tomatoes. It was all over the place. And then Mr. Hines, who created huh. all his ketchup in my hometown so it wasn't of always a tomato. Ketchup isn't synonymous with tomatoes. No, it is now in our vernacular so in the I've United States. I've always thought of it, yeah. Yeah, but uh, in the Philippines, they make a banana ketchup that's pretty cool uh, during so World War One. What is it, like just basically like a sauce? Yeah, some scientists made it. They ran out of well, this was. They had regular ketchup. They had Heinz ketchup. They had everything. And then during the war... Uh, tomatoes were rationed, so they didn't have any tomatoes, and the scientists made uh, made ketchup out of could, bananas. Could it's you pretty imagine, amazing. Though, putting banana ketchup on. <laughs> I have a, a whole bottle minus one teaspoon in my refrigerator. It doesn't move so fast at my house. <laughs> <laughs> now Elvis probably liked that because he liked the peanut butter banana sandwich. Thank you very much. Still, still make one. So ketchup can be made with anything. It's a condiment that's a different, that's a certain consistency, a blend of flavors, and everything. And I think this would go fantastic. So now, if you're listening, it's a, again, what's cooking Palm Beach, and you're you're, you're listening to the show, and you're going, oh wow, these recipes sound cool. I want to hear more about them. Unfortunately, you know, we only have an hour, and we can't, and we have a lot to cover. Um, so, but you can go to uh, chefpantone.com, and the recipes in full are right there for you to uh, to check out. So be sure to do that, and especially if you don't uh, get a yuck face when you see uh, <laughs> blueberry ketchup. Ugh. All right, so we're gonna we're just gonna, the words, man. Just yeah, it, it, it's just the thought of it. I want you to not say yuck. I want you to say hmm. Okay, interesting. Right. I, I don't know. But I, I would probably I try the banana ketchup without putting it on anything, just to taste it. Okay. I don't think I'd put it on a burger, like I said. You know what you it know. tastes like, though. Bananas. Yeah, it does, right. yeah. So I like bananas. Um, in the Philippines, like they use it. Today, They it's the number one condiment in the Philippines. Well, How crazy is that? Uh, we're we're going to come right back uh, to uh, What's Cooking Palm Beach here. We've got executive chef from uh, uh, PB Catch. Chef Aaron Black is here with us, uh, a graduate of, uh, well, Florida Culinary Institute, now Lincoln Culinary Institute in West Palm Beach. So we'll take a break. We'll come right back and talk to Aaron after this. Get on your way to a new healthcare career with Lincoln College of Technology. Earn your associate's degree in nursing at their West Palm Beach campus. Learn the skills healthcare employers are looking for and prepare for a new career where you'll have a direct impact on patient care. Their industry contacts can help you launch a new career after graduation. Visit LincolnEDU.com today for student consumer information and to schedule a campus tour. LincolnEDU.com. 
Palm, student-centered training for careers that build America. Welcome back to What's Cooking Palm Beach on WJNO. Joel Malkin here with Chef David Pantone, Dean at Lincoln Culinary Institute in West Palm. It's right on 45th Street on the west side of I-95. And uh, uh, Chef bringing in another one of his former students, Chef Aaron Black. He's the executive chef from PB Catch in Palm Beach. You can find them at pbcatch.com. Tell us more about you, where you come from, what got you interested in uh, being a chef, etc. I'm from Ohio. Um, I moved down here when I was in high school, and I worked in the service industry a little bit. Um, I kind of went away to go to engineering school, and I ended up kind of coming back in the non-traditional fashion and going to Florida Culinary, um, inspired by Chef Pantone and, oh, and his nice. crew. How long ago did you go? I'm not to date you here. Um, I, I graduated in 2000. Oh, okay. So that was a good time. Yep. Not that long ago. And then, of course, uh, Florida Culinary has uh, evolved into Lincoln Culinary right, Institute. Right, 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 right. The Lincoln, uh, Lincoln Tech uh, Colleges uh, took them over, right? Exactly. Right, Lincoln right. Educational Services. You hear about some of their, uh, more of their services right here on the show. Did you say, I mean, what exactly got you into, I mean, you, you engineering and then, and then to, uh, you know, to being a chef? I mean, it's, uh, you couldn't be, you know, any more polar opposites, kind of. <laughs> I mean, when you think about it. I agree, it. I agree. Um, I guess when I was in engineering school, I, I put myself, got, got my spending money from working in restaurants, and I just mm-hmm. kind of fell in love with it. Uh, my, my family is all good cooks. Um, we come from kind of a food background a you little like bit. You like to eat? Love to eat. You think that, uh, Chef Pinto, do you think that that's something, um, is that a prerequisite pretty much for any chef? I mean, is there, do you, have you ever met a chef or any of your students that just didn't, you know, I mean, not everybody kind of likes to eat, but not everybody is a foodie or yeah, really into yeah. food. Have Some you, of them start out kind of picky, and the part of school is opening up their minds to everything. You see so much, right. you have to taste, and that's... Well, picky is one thing. I mean, obviously, I'm picky, but I love to eat what I like to eat. You know what I'm saying? There are there. You know, I have a I have a menu that mm-hmm. I that I really enjoy, and I you know I love to eat. I know some people eat to live somewhere. Some right, live to eat. Right, somewhere the person was inspired. And right, right. You can't always put your finger on it. Sometimes you hear these stories. Oh, I grew up at, in in Lyon, France, at my grandmother's apron string, and we pick. That's baloney. It's it's not for me. I'm a regular kid from Pittsburgh. Right. And kind of fell in love with the kitchen actually before I fell in love with food. Huh. As a dishwasher, it was just an exciting place to work. Words. Wait, wait, wait. Washing dishes was exciting? The kitchen environment was house? exciting. And the adrenaline, it was loud. Week, there were things over. going on. My family was pretty conservative. My parents yeah. didn't, like, scream at each other. But in the kitchen, <laughs> it was a pretty wild place. And that's kind of what inspired me to stay in that environment. And I think it's a little different for everybody. Aaron, did you grow up on a farm or you grew up on a, a family-owned local meat packing plant? I, uh, I, I grew up in a small town. Yeah. And then my, my grandparents owned a meatpacking plant and a dairy. And, and did so, you used to hang out there when you were a little kid? Did that have anything to yeah, do with yeah, it? Or I, that I used to crank the ice cream machine. Oh, yeah. It's uh, a lot of work. All the kids had, had to do it. I took my turn. Now, how, how often did you put your finger in there while you were cranking <laughs> as it? As often like, as possible. <laughs> I, I shouldn't say. I shouldn't say. <laughs> we're not giving the name of the... You didn't put any listeria in the ice cream. Right, it's not. We're all good. Let me just say something. I can't wait till Bluebell gets... Get, now, my body can. I miss Bluebell. Blue yeah, Bluebell is great. And that was their first. How many years has Bluebell been around? First, they did butter, right? They were a butter creamery. And then yeah. the, they, they started doing ice cream at some point many, many years ago. And, uh, I mean, they're they're new to Florida, or at least South Florida. Right, they right, came right, here a right. few years ago, and they came by the station and gave out samples and everything. And uh, uh, good people that worked for them and, and uh, uh, a very good ice cream. So I just wanted to just backtrack. Sure, there. And I think it was amazing how they um, shut everything oh, yeah, down. Yeah. I mean, That's it's just... sad what, what's happening, but, but uh, you know, they're... Then they're they working on right. new things. A plus. And can't wait till they get. I mean, they have some just some of the most inva- in- yeah. innovative uh, flavors. Yeah. You yeah. must appreciate yeah. that as a chef. Love them all, uh, and you as well. <laughs> I'm coming from the ice cream background. When you think about Absolutely. some of the flavors <laughs> that they have, they don't have tuna uh, trout, right? Not trout ice cream. That was on yeah, Iron I Chef. Seen that? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, some people just think you know ice cream is uh, chocolate, vanilla, strawberry, and they they just completely. We're going to do a show you know, on ice cream coming we? up. All right, well, Heck okay. Yeah. All right. Well, we'll trout get through, a, ice cream. Get through about no. twenty seafood shows, and then finally, all right. I'll probably be on a diet by then. Um, so then Aaron was inspired <laughs> into food and into cooking yeah. and worked in some amazing places, huh? Yeah, uh, I worked out west a little bit. I uh, worked for an Austrian chef. Uh, tried, to, tried to witness as many different styles of cooking in, in different kitchens. And I, I, I fell in love with the, the tempo of the kitchen, the noise, yeah. the intensity. Yeah, it gets in your head. 
Absolutely. Yeah, that must be something. I, see, I just can't envision that being something that would like turn me on. It's exciting, and okay. uh, the sound around. Yeah, you work in a pretty quiet environment, right? The well, rooms I mean, it's are funny that you say that because we, we're, we're radio people, and we're pretty loud and on the air. Right. But, yeah, you're right. I mean, I, and I work alone. I work in a, a room. And I, believe me, I'd love to have company sometimes. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you guys can both come on and, and join me. And on, as on I get occasion. older, I learn things like <laughs> when you can't sleep well at night when you're a young cook, much of that mm-hmm. is from staying up too late with the fluorescent light bulbs. Huh. They mess up your head and your circadian rhythm and everything too and i didn't know that when i was young so uh there's a a full energy in the kitchen that's different than anywhere else Uh, catch us up aaron to uh when you 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 know you were in utah and and working for the austrian chef but you you came to florida and then what um i took a job at a restaurant called guppies uh in indian rocks beach i like that name uh, guppies yeah that's cute name pretty awesome place you know uh right on the beach where's indian sunsets where's Um, west coast it's the town south of Clearwater. Oh, okay. So it's near Tampa. Okay. Sounds like a beautiful place. Is that place still in business? Yes, it is. Guppies? Okay. Yes, it is. All I right. went, yeah. worked with Chef Scott there, and uh, he kind of taught me about just making some really nice seafood dishes that let the fish shine through, have a little bit of fun wait, with wait, the Wait, 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 wait. You let don't get to say that. That sounds what? like a song title. That's from the it? movie Hair, yeah, right? Let, let the, the fish, fish shine. shine. That's exactly That's what I was beautiful. thinking of. That's the moments <laughs> that make this show worth all the trouble I take to, to get it to happen is beautiful words of wisdom like that. Let the fish so, shine through. So then you, you, you spent about five years there, and you came here to the East Coast, and you worked at some places uh, around town? Yes. I kind of uh, I actually applied to Pistache uh, on the drive here. And I got out of my not, car. Not today. Not today, but this was <laughs> Five many years, years ago. ago. Yeah. yeah. I'm on my drive back to back home, and uh, I got out of the car and went in for a stage. And uh, the rest is history. I became sous chef there after about a month. And uh, eventually they uh, gave me my own show on Palm Beach. You're talking like a rock Catch. star. Yeah, Let me tell you what stage means first. Stage means... Uh, it's a very lovely, fancy way to say you go and work for free, so they can see if you if you're good or not. So you intern, <laughs> dress rehearsal, yeah, intern. dress rehearsal, yeah. really good. Um, and then uh, when did uh, PB Catch launch? And, and you started from the from the from the start, right? I did. I did. It was uh, 2011. Yeah, it was okay. our first season. Well, it's amazing that the place is in business four years, and and I I mean it's. I'm not into seafood, and it's a place that I've I've heard yeah, of. It's a yeah. place you see uh, not just from commercials, but you see it. You you people talk about it. Super high quality, uh, super high standards. I think you can't go wrong with that. Now where uh, where I mean, is uh, PB Catch on Palm Beach? Um, it's on Sunrise Ave, uh, across from the Publix. All right, and again, you can go online and find out more about it at pbcatch.com. Um, now, it, it's very notable. We were talking about you know high class, whatnot. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, since it opened in 2011, PB Catch has received critical acclaim from the press. I'm not going to read all of these because there's about 60. Um, but the New Times last year, best seafood, uh, one of the best seafood restaurants, Palm Beach and Broward, uh, top 10 best chefs in Palm Beach County. I assume that's you. That's me. Yeah, yeah that's <laughs> you. He's, so, he's, right so, uh, he's like, yeah, he doesn't want to take too much credit. But um, it's, best, the, it's the seafood that shines. The year after it opened, <laughs> right. uh, City and Shore <laughs> named it best new restaurant. Uh, Palm Beach Illustrated, uh, friends of the uh, the station here, our friends Mo and Sally from right. Cool 105.5 are always in uh, Palm Beach Illustrated. Uh, A-list, they put you on the A-list there. Um, let's see, huh? that's just so much here. It's more a dining experience than a simple meal out. Uh, menu dedicated to fresh, seasonal fish and seafood. Uh, go to pbcatch.com. And Trailblazer, wait a second, Trailblazers from the National Culinary Review. That's the magazine of the American Culinary Federation. So mm-hmm. these are chefs around the country said this place was trailblazing. That's pretty cool. All right, we wanted to, uh, did you want to talk a little bit about the menu at PB Catch? I would love to. I would love to taste everything on the menu. Uh, Aaron, what do you want to tell us about your menu? Lots of seafood. Yeah, I mean, uh, I eat blueberries. The the oysters recently have just really taken off. Our raw bar has had uh, record sales. You know, I mean, oysters are are trending right now, but I think they're here to stay. And we really try to put a spread out of east and west coast, different flavors, mm-hmm. different garnishes. Uh, we also do sea cutery, which is uh, <laughs> we we cure fish in like traditional methods. 
but it's all seafood. So we're, we're trying to have, give you the ability to have different courses and small plates. There's and a little TM after that. So you guys trademark that? Seacuterie. So for hundreds of years, we have this, this cooking preparation, this big group called charcuterie. It's usually pork items. And we've been talking pork a lot on the show, especially right, from yeah. uh, Koshon 555. <laughs> you guys did a lot of uh, charcuterie items on there. Uh, and it can be uh, beef and pork and veal. It can be any kind of a meat traditionally. So Aaron's taken some of those techniques, those preservation techniques, those, uh, those different styles, and put them to seafood. And uh, that's what inspired me a couple years ago when I read an article about you in Palm Beach Post. And it just said that one word, and it was like, boom, I got it. And uh, really love that. So tell us, what, tell us more about your – how come I can't say C-cuterie? that word? Secuterie. Secuterie. Part of me wants to always say charcuterie. Uh, Secuterie. Secuterie. He's, he's looking at me like it doesn't really matter. <laughs> yeah. we, we made it up anyway. Yeah, <laughs> yeah but you trademarked it. Because my brain it's has to say branding. charcuterie. My brain says charcuterie first, and then I have to I change it. I think charcuterie mid- would be about sharks. Oh, no, that's secuterie. Secuterie. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, I mean, we kind of uh, we, we cure the fish or we use, uh, for, for example, uh, f- with the octopus, we use a traditional method known as uh, torchon. So we'll, we'll roll it up and cut coins, and then you get the cross section of the, uh, of the octopus, and we garnish it with a little sweet corn and chorizo. So it's just um, these are in, intensely flavored small bites. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of the food-on-the-board concept like you would with cheese or charcuterie. And it's, it's uh, flavors of the sea, you know, aromatics. Amazing. And you're using some Asian uh, techniques in there too? You're using uh, fermentation? Uh, we we do we like we like to ferment, um, and we we add those. Uh, when when you ferment something, you get a, a tremendous depth of flavor from a single from a single ingredient. Like mm. we'll ferment jalapenos with just garlic, mm. and we found that it, that if you just use two ingredients, you get way more depth than if you use more because spices tend to be antibacterial or or um, oh, keep yeah, it yeah, from yeah. developing as as deeply. And it's a good garnish because it's uh, intensely flavored as well, so you can. Uh, and maybe put two flavors on a plate that complement each other, and, and it just works. Have you ever f- fermented blueberries? Um, I, I haven't. I haven't. Okay, maybe that's next on the menu. They have a little noble rot on them already, just like a wine berry, the white powdery there, so I think they would ferment pretty well. And a little natural yeast. They do have a little natural, a that's what starter. I meant by noble rot, yeah, the uh, natural yeast. Very cool. And so you make pastrami. Everybody knows the word pastrami, and that's a way of preserving uh, beef usually, and you're making uh, salmon pastrami too. Yes, we do. We do. We um, we we dial back the flavors a little bit. Mm. We change the salt to sugar ratio mm-hmm. in the cure. Um, added some orange zest and cilantro, and then do a nice little cold smoke. Uh, cure nice. it to get the uh, moisture level right, and uh, slice it up. Chef's really into this. That's really awesome. I'm I'm excited to talk about oysters. You are not because I like oysters. I don't eat oysters myself. I know a lot of people eat oysters, but uh, we we have uh, the main course, the Chef's Daily Special. Uh, the world is mine oyster that you've stolen from. Uh, I, I talked to Shakespeare. William Shakespeare. He said no problem. Anyway, um, the reason I'm excited about this because I love a quiz. Oh, yeah, yeah, I knew yeah, you were going to yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah. I said, yeah, we're going to throw in a quiz. Especially if I'm not taking it. But, uh, <laughs> oh, yeah, of course we're, we're taking <laughs> the quiz. <laughs> uh, we've got the oyster quiz coming up with uh, Chef Aaron Black, executive chef at PB Catch. And that's on the way next here on What's Cooking Palm Beach. Is the kitchen your favorite room in the house? Does a career doing what you love sound appetizing to you? Lincoln Culinary Institute, a division of Lincoln College of Technology in West Palm Beach, has your recipe for success. In their campus restaurant, you can train to turn your passion for cooking into a delicious new career. Visit lincolnculinary.com for student consumer information and to schedule a campus tour. That's lincolnculinary.com. Visit them today. Welcome back to What's Cooking Palm Beach here on WJNO. I'm Joel Malkin, and uh, Chef Pantone is here from Lincoln Culinary Institute. So we've got uh, Chef Aaron Black, the executive chef at PB Catch, and it is time for The World is Mine Oyster, Chef, your daily special. Fantastic. Oysters are super cool. And, you know, one of the things I like best about doing this 
radio shows, it makes me do research, right? So I get to learn and get inspired about things that uh, either I knew a little bit about or maybe I didn't know anything about. So oysters turned out to be really cool. Uh, I printed up a, a little document here. At one time, at one point, I was at like 50 pages, so I had to pull it all back, but <laughs> it's good for me to learn. One of the things that I didn't know is that oysters uh, in New York, in the New York area at one time, was the oyster capital of the world. Oysters have been eaten for a couple of thousand years and became really popular in the United States. Native Americans ate the oysters. The pilgrims ate the oysters. Everybody ate oysters. It was a poor man's food around the world. Um, that was People lived on oysters as one of their mainstay. Anybody that lived near the water um, who, where their oysters were natural, that was one of their mainstays. Over the years, they have changed from the poor man's food to often a rich man's food or a delicacy. Right. If you go to some places like PB Catch, they are um, uh, expensive and they are wonderful and they're handpicked and they're they're not a poor man's food anymore. And uh, that was kind of cool. At one time, they were harvesting six million oysters a day in the New York metropolitan area. And that was the, the capital of the oyster world. So everybody was eating it. Um, a couple of things I found interesting. You talk about the pearls and we were just uh, during the break asking um, uh uh, Chef Black, Aaron, um, the, you, you don't have pearls. You haven't found any pearls in your Not that he's going to tell us about We haven't yet, no. <laughs> right. um, but uh, tell us about how the pearls are made, because that's a kind of interesting fact that you have here. Yeah, so um, the pearls, I guess every oyster is capable of making a pearl, and it's just how, how, they're, how they're raised, and, and sometimes it's just accidental. If they are natural pearls, a piece of sand, a piece of something gets stuck inside of them, and... The, per, the oyster uh, has a protective coating, uh, a parasite, a little parasite or something gets in, and it's called nacrae, um, that the oyster coats this to protect itself, right, because it irritates it. And uh, it just keeps on coating it and coating it and coating it, and it turns into a pearl. Now, I have had pearls in oysters before, but they're never beautiful, shiny, gorgeous pearls. They're just little pieces of rock almost that were just uh, produced in them. You get them in mussels sometimes, you get them in clams sometimes. It's just the natural protective for it to grow into a beautiful pearl. Uh, that's either by luck or they are the man-made kind of pearls. And those are intentionally, like a little tiny seed is planted inside of the oyster uh, so that will intentionally protect itself and, and uh, culture the pearl, the cultured pearls. Is that one of the facts you were talking about? Yeah, that and then, yeah, that one, uh, definitely, about the how the pearl was. I found that kind of mm -hmm. interesting because I never, you know, I just. Yeah, me neither. Right. Um, and then um, about the, the oysters having two sexes, you, you can never quite tell a male oyster from a female. There's really no way to tell. I have not been able to tell. How about you, Chef? No. And they don't taste any different either, I'm guessing. But what I've learned is they, they change sexes throughout their, their growth and their life. And they can grow to be very old, and uh, they often start out as males, and then sometime in their lifespan they change to females, and they spawn, and they do all of their things, and then often they change back and forth a couple more times. Now, what, is, very, what is old? Yeah, um, I've, I've read about ones that are 50 and 60 years old, and they just, wow. just get bigger and bigger. And there's myths about gigantic ones that are you know hundreds of years old. I, I don't know that, but uh, pretty cool. Can I just tell you that it looks like an awful lot of work for a little bit of food? What would you say to somebody that would say that to you? Um, I would say that that is a tremendous bite right there. Okay. It's got everything you want. It's got the taste of the ocean, brininess. Uh, East and West Coast oysters are different. Tell though. us, tell us about East yeah, and East West Coast. Coast. I love that. That's the East Coast. So we've got the rap battle going on again, right? The <laughs> East Coast oysters and the West Coast oysters. No drive-bys today. I'm I'm an East Coast guy for sure. Um, the East Coast oysters are, tend to be a little brinier. Um, they're leaner. Uh, where the West Coast oysters, they, they have that little bit more fat, and uh, the flavor stays on the tongue longer. And they, you know, they're, they're both filters, so they filter what, what's in their little bay that they live in. And the West Coast oysters are kelpy. They might mm. have like a watermelon rind finish on them. And the East Coast oysters, especially the one I brought today, the Moonstone from Rhode Island, uh, it's right where the glaciers started to recede. So there's a lot of um, mineral flavor in there and flint and steel, and iron. And it, it's really a, a tremendous oyster. But each little bay tastes differently. Yeah. When you taste different oysters, is, what do you cleanse your palate with between? 
Blueberries. <laughs> it could be. <laughs> Today it's blueberries. But uh, I really don't. Yeah. I really don't. I just keep going. I, I don't like garnish on them. They're well, maybe a sip of water just maybe to a sip of water. flush it out. That's cool. Um, they're, they're really good for you, too. We were talking about the blueberries before, but you got the zinc, iron, calcium. What is selenium? Selenium is one of our phyto, uh, phytonutrients that is good for your nervous system, especially. Uh, Chef Black mentioned uh, the different uh, kind of what they eat or what they filter. They are known as filterers. They, uh, the water comes in and passes over little cilia, and they uh, pull out the oxygen from the water. And whatever is around them is just like we said at the beginning of the show. You are what you eat. So they are what they eat. They are that either... Uh, plankton on the east coast and you said uh, seaweed and kelp on the west coast so whatever goes inside of them leaves little micro flavorings and that's what makes them taste all different it's really what they are uh, yeah tell us one little fun thing that we do at the restaurant sometimes is we've got a little fish bubbler so we'll put these guys in Alexan with some salt water and add a little sake to it. And then we, we sake let them, it to me, baby. And then <laughs> you're getting we, drunken oysters. You're doing. We we let them filter for for about two hours, and then then you pop them right open, and they you can kind of flavor them from the inside. Oh, that's nice. Well, it's really cool. It, again, from a calorie standpoint, we we're talking about you could eat a lot of straw, uh, a lot of blueberries. Um, you could eat a lot of oysters. You're saying that one dozen raw oysters has 110 calories. That's what they say. So, so and that's a lot. That's a that's a whole uh, meal there. How many oysters do you eat at a sitting, chef? Dozen. Dozen is a the proper number. That, that's a good amount. That's a good amount. What that's kind of a side dish do you typically? Uh, what, what do you serve there at PB Catch with as a side dish? Um, we have a couple different mignonettes and cocktails. Uh, we we also we do some uh, like a Brussels kraut, so a little fermented things, kimchi. Um, so a mignonette is a little dressing. Uh, you, you traditionally with um, uh, shallots and uh, vinegar. Black pepper. Black pepper. And it just kind of cleanses your palate a little bit. It's not meant to be a big s- sauce or anything. Just yeah, it's a, kind of a brightness. A brightness balance. to accompany it. Yep, yep. You're, you're putting on the website all this. We have so much more to talk about with oysters. And I'm <laughs> yeah, looking at the I got clock. out of control a little bit. Uh, yeah, I'm looking at the clock. But at uh, chefpantone.com, they'll be able to find all this stuff out. You, you will, yeah. Talk about the selection, preparation, storage of oysters. Um, and let's talk about real quick all the different ways that you uh, that you can actually eat and serve oysters. You can, what, have them raw? Can you put on your Bubba Gump uh, accent there? Uh, we got uh, smoked, uh, boiled, baked, <laughs> fried, roasted. Uh, stewed oysters, canned. Pi- yeah, that's, I'm done. Um, yeah, but there's so many different ways that you can do it. And you were saying, there's a, uh, uh, Aaron, that you, you could serve a drink with the sake. So, uh, I mean, just o- there's so many different oyster ways you shooters. can do oysters. We, we also do oyster shooters. Oyster shooters. Yeah, what, what, what's one that you like to put besides the oyster? Vodka? Um, what do you, what do you oh, pair yeah, with it? Oh, yeah, we do kind of Bloody Mary. Seems oh, like a, a Bloody Mary one. style. Yeah, I got that acidity. Mm-hmm. It's nice. We we sell a lot of grilled oysters too. We we just put a little compound butter on them and cover them, and as the butter drips over, it kind of smokes it. Yeah. On the grill, it's it's uh, very popular. Excellent. And you are a guy who eats oysters in the morning, right? Morning, afternoon, evening, doesn't yeah. matter. We usually have one whenever they come in. <laughs> as soon as they come in, you eat the fresh yeah. ones. You got to know the cooks always get the best, most fresh food because we eat it as soon as it comes in. Yeah. Now at uh, PB Catch's Modern Raw Bar, um, you have uh, Palm Beach's most exquisite selection of fresh seafood there. And uh, your oysters, uh, you have, I don't know, chef's got here. What, what did you, did you count them? You got about 50 different different varieties. Why don't you give us a handful of those? Tell us uh, some of these oysters and where they come from. Um, yeah, I mean, we, we tend to have about 10 on the menu at a time. Um, some of my favorites are Little Islands from Maine. Um, I like umamis. It's kind of a cocktail oyster. It's, it's a nice way to mix it up. Does it have a very umami flavor? Um, yeah, it does a little bit. Yeah, yeah it's got that little bit of that finish. Um, and uh, each year we we also notice the differences because we we kind of track it. And this year was a great year for kumamotos. They had a, a really good salinity and a nice rounded flavor. From Oregon. Uh, kumamotos can be from Oregon, Washington, or mm-hmm. British Columbia. All right, are you ready to play the oyster quiz? I'm ready. I guess you're you're the like you you already he already knows it. He's the oyster expert. All right. <laughs> um, so I'm not going to look at the answers. So I guess I am <laughs> partially taking. Well, you'll take one answer and I'll play. 
Why can oysters be unsafe to eat? I'm just going to say it's, I mean, aren't they a shellfish? Isn't that a standard, uh, standard thing? That is. I mean, uh, a lot, it's a lot has, it has a lot to do with the uh, water temperature. We recently mm-hmm. had closures from uh, the Blue Points in Connecticut because uh, the water temperature got a little bit too more warm and there was a bacteria. Why were the New York oyster beds closed? Oh, because there was, uh, well, the oyster beds were closed because the waters got polluted, because the water changed, because over the, over the years, uh, we dumped stuff into the waters, and they are filterers, so, so uh, they were dying, and they were probably killing people. Are oysters really an aphrodisiac? I believe they are. Hang well, on, hang uh, on. Uh, Chef, your wife's not listening. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you can read volumes of material on both, uh, whether they are or they aren't, and you just have to judge for yourself. How about that? Okay. That's All as right. risky as I'm going to get. All right. It's a family show. Um, and uh, we talked about the nutritional value. I know there was one more that we wanted, the classic, most classic. We talked about all the different ways you can serve them. But what is the most classic preparation of oysters? Rockefeller. Cook preparation would be Rockefeller. What does that mean? Oh, do you guys make Rockefeller ever? Or you try to stay, you don't want to do manipulate. We do Rockefeller occasionally. Yeah, the, the, especially by request. the number one is on the half shell. Just plain raw like that. That's those are eaten more than any other ones. Oysters Rockefeller are from New Orleans. They are served with a um, a sauce that's. They say there's so much history behind this that usually it's spinach, but it's not supposed to be spinach. It's watercress, and some will put a little bit of spinach in it. And if it's creamed, it's very nice, and it's often served with like a hollandaise a glaçage on top. Uh, Chef Joe Melly at the school makes the best oyster Rockefeller I ever had. And, you know, I'm a little weird, so I say it's like your first kiss. Now, is this his when recipe you it, that you're putting it's up? A, and he'll tell you it's the classic one. And everybody will say, yep, this is the correct one. We always talk about that. Everybody thinks theirs is the correct one. I don't think his is the correct one, but it's amazing. This is uh, modern, like your modern oysters kiss. Rockefeller. Sure, because the oyster, and his are cooked just until they're warm, so they're not even cooked. The oyster is so much about the feeling and the sensation inside of your mouth. And as it goes down, as it is about the flavor, it's Right, equal absolutely. like that. And when it's warm with hollandaise sauce on it and Pernod, which is an anise-flavored liqueur, it's just crazy. You're going to go to chefpantone.com and find that recipe in full. Also, recipes for barbecue oysters with spicy dressing. He, Chef even tells you how to make the spicy dressing. Sure, why that? not? How kind of you. Uh, and this is something I've actually heard of, fried oyster po'boy. Sure. And I guess this is, uh, I, I, is this something that... Again, uh, from New Orleans, a po' yeah. boy is a sandwich. The press, the, the Not newspapers, too expensive to make, I'm guessing. Right. The newspapers were on strike many years ago, and so they were all picketing, and they were... So they didn't have any income, so the oyster, the restaurant that served a lot of oysters and stuff, uh, sympathized with them, gave them these sandwiches, and gave them to the po' boys, the poor boys, because they didn't have any jobs. They were on strike. So there's your history lesson, but a fried oyster is awesome. Amen. <laughs> Right. Amen. Are you guys going to eat these oysters? I hope so. Chef came uh, packing his oyster knife. All right, we're gonna we're gonna take a break while uh, uh, Chef Black breaks out the knife and I hide. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. But uh, yeah, so we're gonna do that uh, and come right back. We've got uh, your side dish, uh, tales from the chef's table, and uh, our intermesso question from a listener. That's coming up right after this, and, and these guys are gonna eat some oysters, and I'm gonna finish finish up these strawberries, which. I'm I'm almost uh, purple at this blueberries. point. Blueberries. Yeah, blueberries. Oh, Violet Blueberries, strawberries. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> blueberries, strawberries. I love them all. <laughs> it's all good. We'll come right back after this. And what's cooking Palm Beach? If that sound gets your motor running, it's time for a career with a little extra horsepower. Lincoln College of Technology is now enrolling for hands-on automotive technology training. Learn the skills that can help you launch an automotive career today. Visit LincolnEDU.com. Welcome back to What's Cooking Palm Beach here on WJNO. Uh, Chef Pantone from Lincoln Culinary Institute in West Palm. And we've got uh, Chef Aaron Black, Executive Chef PB Catch, and his oysters here. And we got the East Coast, West Coast. We're getting ready to go into the side dish tales from the chef's table. But before we do, um, uh, Chef, you, you're going to do the uh, the taste test. you got an East Coast oyster in one hand, a West Coast in the other. We're doing the Chef Oyster Challenge. So which one are you doing first? Yeah, Tell us, Chef, which, which two do we have here? Let's... You tell us which one should we taste we first? We have the Moonstone from Rhode Island, which is okay, the, the larger, the flatter one. Okay. And this one's going to be briny and a lot cleaner. We should have it first. The other one's going to 
uh, stay on our pallet too long. Is that good? We're doing a flight. Very good. Okay, yeah. let's uh, cheers. Oh my God. Now that's these are great. raw, right? These are raw. Always Completely raw. That's beautiful. That Just tastes oyster? like the ocean. It makes me think like a little apple. kid at the ocean playing when you don't care about anything. Now what's this other one? This other gorgeous. one's from the West Coast. And where is this from? This is a Royal Miyagi from British Columbia. Ah, uh, Masasan. Miyagi. You can smell wax the on, wax off. Yeah, yeah oyster on. What am I smelling? You can really smell the difference, actually. There, yep, yep. Smell some seaweed. Smells like a West Coast. Oh. All right. Cheers. Here we go. Well, dropped a little. Wow, completely different. What? Oh, uh, what would you? Which one would you say was better, or do the e- equally good, just different? I yeah, think they're equally good. Equally amazing, but totally different. Totally different. Yeah, the West one uh, tastes more floral to me. Uh, floral, as in grassiness, as in maybe the seaweed or the kelp. And it just keeps going, doesn't it? Yeah, it's, it's still there. In my mouth. So I like this one better. I get to take it home and have the flavor for the whole weekend, maybe. Yep. Maybe not that long. <laughs> you know what's cool about oysters, too, is you, you always get, uh, you get, you know, you get a, 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 what do you call it, a, a souvenir. You're bringing this home for the kids. The, hey, look what shelf. I brought for you. Oh, you and go. I'll play with it. Your two-year-old will play with it for a week. Um, all right. Your tales from That's the chef's table. Really good. A road trip to Muscle Beach. And uh, yeah, tell me about that. Yeah, so Muscle Beach, I'm not talking about Venice Beach in California. I'm talking about... I'm talking about me and five of my culinary school roommates. So this is a long time ago when I was just a culinary kid. Friday night, nothing to do. We went for a road trip. We said, anybody ever been to Maine? Nobody had been to Maine. So we all packed into a 1975 Ford Pinto, five of us, <laughs> and went on a road trip from Poughkeepsie, New York, up to Maine. We wanted to say we have been to Maine. So sometime, 5 a.m.-ish, I don't know, the sun started coming up, and I said, let's make a right turn. I don't even know where, I, where, where we are, but a right turn means we're going east to the ocean. And I said, I want to see the sun come up on the ocean. So we found the closest beach, and we took off our shoes and stuff and went in the water, and it was very cool as the sun came up, and then I cut my foot on something. So what the heck is this? And I looked down, and as the sun came up, you could see a little bit more, and there was another, there was a black thing, and it looked almost looked like a mussel. Right? I had cooked for a long time before I went to school. And mussels in Pittsburgh, they come in these, these uh, burlap sacks or these mesh bags. I had never seen this thing. And as the sun came up, there were thousands of mussels all on the different rocks in the area. And I just thought it was the coolest thing. I was so inspired. We broke a whole bunch off and cooked them in a little Paps Blue Ribbon beer and with some mustard packets that we had from McDonald's. And we had amazing <laughs> mussels. Hey, I was just a kid. That's what we all did. Right. But... It was an awesome memory, and I was just—it was an epiphany to say, "Wow, this is real. Where real food comes from." All right, uh, Barbara from Vero Beach wants to. Uh, she's listening, and she wants to hear an answer to her question uh, about truffle oil. Uh, uh, very briefly, she says, uh, "Natural versus regular. What's the difference?" Probably about six bucks a little bottle difference, and but I'm really, really sad to tell you, Barbara, you're gonna cry. Ninety, ninety-nine percent. There's no difference. None of them, none of them are natural truffle oil, at least the ones on the market, if you make your own. So truffle is the little fungus that grows in the roots of the golden oak tree. It's uh, got a, a pungent flavor. It's just crazy amazing. Uh, you can white truffles or black truffles. So you buy this truffle oil, and it's supposed to be, I think it's going to be olive oil usually infused with truffles, but that's not really what it is. They are really either scientifically natural or scientifically uh, synthesized uh, extracts and flavorings that are put into the oil to taste like it. So either way, Barbara, I'm sorry to tell you, you're not getting anything really good. So buy the less expensive one or maybe get some truffles, make your own. All right. So we are going to uh, come right back here on What's Cooking Palm Beach, wrap up the show. We've got our dessert and that's on the way next. Training in skilled trades like HVAC prepares you for careers that build America. Start now at Lincoln College of Technology at their West Palm Beach campus. You can gain technical skills and practical knowledge in refrigeration fundamentals, residential climate control, basic electricity, and more. Visit LincolnEDU.com for student consumer information and to schedule a campus tour. Lincoln College of Technology for careers that build America. Visit LincolnEDU.com today.
Welcome back once again. It's What's Cooking Palm Beach with Chef Pantone from Lincoln Culinary Institute, Chef Aaron Black from uh, PB Catch, and it's our dessert news and events. I understand you guys raised a ton of money with Taste of the Nation. Yes, and Chef Black was a big uh, part of that, too, so he's part of the team. $75,000. Ring wow. that bell. There you go. So I think they were hoping to beat last year by getting $45,000. I think they crushed it. Great and that, job. And who, just uh, really quick, who does that go for? Who, sure, who's it that goes helping? to feed hungry children in our area, okay. some to the after-school or the school meals programs and the summer meal program for kids at school and a couple other different places. That's chefs doing what we love best, feeding people, and it helps them out too. You have an event uh, coming up uh, called, uh, or there is an event called Calling All Chefs. It's uh, the National Chefs Move to Schools Day. What is this about? Sure, through the First Lady, Michelle Obama. She was always about activity for children. Really, the goal is to fight childhood obesity. And uh, part of that was kids move. And then the second part was chefs move. And so this one is called Chefs Move to School. So it's a national um, uh, uh, outreach to all chefs in the country to adopt a school, plant gardens there, talk to the cafeteria workers, teach them how to do things, go do demos. All chefs can get together and help beat childhood obesity. And uh, the great give. And uh, tell us about uh, Digital Vibes. Yeah, Digital Vibes is a, a group of young people who go to schools. They go to cultural centers. They go out and they get people moving, just like Michelle Obama says the kids got to move. These guys get kids doing physical activity, kids of all ages, and uh, through modern dance, doing uh, games and the Zumba and yoga and all kind of really cool things. They have the best moves that I've ever seen, and they are part of this uh, great give. And you go to the website. You got the website there? Uh, yeah, it's uh, greatgiveflorida.org. Digital Vibes yeah. will be performing a family fun fest at Palm Beach Outlets Mall on Palm Beach Lakes Boulevard. And at the school, you got some more new classes starting uh, here this month? You got another class starting May 18th. Mm. Got lots of people who are interested in changing their lives and finding their passion. All good stuff. Come and join us. Call me at one 800 Top Chef. You had it first. Right on. And uh, you could also go to chefpantone.com. We uh, had that question from a listener earlier before the break, and you can always email. Uh, if you have a question for uh, Chef, just uh, she uh, what's cooking at chefpantone.com. So make sure you join us next week when the Chef's Daily Special will be. We are going to talk about contemporary French food with Chef Isaac Kearney from Pistache French Bistro. All right. We will join you next week once again for What's Cooking Palm Beach here on WJNO. Chef Aaron Black from PB Catch, pbcatch.com. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me. You've been listening to What's Cooking Palm Beach with Chef David Pantone, Dean of the Lincoln Culinary Institute in West Palm Beach. Tune in and find out what's cooking Saturdays from 1 till 2 p.m. on News Radio 1290 WJNO. If you have any questions or ideas on a topic, please email what's cooking at chefpantone.com. That's P A N T O N E.com. What's Cooking Palm Beach, sponsored by Lincoln Culinary Institute, a division of Lincoln College of Technology.